0: the lord church he is here this morning amen okay uh uh, luke chapter 8 verse number 15 Um, just continue these ideas and we see where the lord takes us today luke chapter 8 verse 15 but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word retain it and by persevering produce a crop and we talked about this word persevering is how we produce if you've been following with us Perseverance produces And when perseverance produces It always produces fruit So we talked about that there is No fruit without perseverance Then we talked about how without opposition There is no perseverance You need something to persevere against And lastly week if you were here We talked about the greatest opposition that we Can face uh, as people of God Is what we call internal opposition Or the fight within ourselves And that's sometimes stronger than The the external opposition Opposition—that's where the real fight is—and uh, we talked about uh, how God gave us Malakotawi um, Aizwachu last week, and we talked about how uh, when the when Paul was on the ship, he told the people, "Don't uh, don't worry or be of good courage, for the Lord, whose I serve and whose I, I am and to whom I belong, visited me last night, and we're going to make it Aizwachu." And so the idea that we were saying was they had disobeyed and they messed up and now they're suffering the consequences of their mistake. But God's message to them was not, I told you, you should have listened. God's message to them was not, you stupid, didn't I tell you, how many of you grew up in a home with parents like that? Don't raise your hand. Okay. But God said, I you, or be of good courage. For the God who I serve has visited me and we're going somewhere. We talked about how that's such a, a huge message. And it's funny, this week, uh, I mean, I always, you know, get uh, uh, messages and meet with people who appreciate what God is doing. And they, they tell me how they've been blessed by my message and I welcome all those. I have some other fans as well, praise the Lord. But um, this week was a little bit unusual. I received a lot of, I mean, many people told me, man, that was just a word for me. That was a thank you, Pastor Z. And I know it was a good teaching. Okay? Nothing wrong with the teaching. Amen. But I think what I I also observed is I I think I hit a nerve somehow that maybe we can just dig into and expose a little bit today. Because I I think the fact that so many people are encouraged by Aizu Achu message, it shows me that uh, all of us maybe are in that same struggle of um, our own performance in this Christian walk. Uh, our ups and downs get the better of us. And uh, so today we're going to expose the enemy today. Hallelujah. The The Son of God was revealed to destroy the devil's work. We're going to sh- expose the devil's work and we're going to uh, destroy the, the devil's work today. Uh, and and it's, it might be a little bit different from what we expect. We typically have a picture of what the enemy looks like and, and how he works. But I would like to expose maybe... Um, that as long as we have that picture of him he's fine with that because that's not how he really looks you know like with the the big horns and the red eyes and he comes to you at night to scare you okay that's that's an enemy too feel free to you know call the police or bind that whatever you need to do but uh, that's not where the real work of the enemy is the real work of the enemy is this in this in this I want to introduce you, perhaps, to the biggest fight of all, the biggest warfare of all. Uh, we have a devotional series that we're working on, uh, and uh, we do this, we send this out uh, every morning. And if you are not signed up for that, just please sign up on the website and be receive a word from the church. But we've all divided the responsibility among the pastoral team, so there's a different word every day. Uh, my uh, contribution—I've been stuck in this area called conscience. Uh, and conscience is something that for me it's been a a big game changer in my own life Uh, and I think uh, I I found it to be very important to our relationship with God and to everything else and I found out that if we don't get it right in conscience we won't get it right anywhere so I've been I think I'm on maybe week 10 or 11 uh, just conscience I can't move on from there because I found it to be So important. So I'm going to tie today's message with conscience a little bit. And we're going to expose some of what the enemy has been doing. And uh, we'll see where the Lord leads us today. Um, We'd like to start with very beginning, Genesis chapter 3. And we'll begin reading in verse number 7. This is the story of when Adam and Eve sinned, the original sin. And this is immediately what happened when they they ate it. Verse number 7, Genesis chapter 3. And the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sowed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid, verse 11. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten? from the tree that i commanded you not to eat from we'll stop right there okay um one of the first things that we see um with this sin and and what happens here is that uh they ate it says he ate the fruit eve ate the fruit she gave to her husband he ate the fruit and immediately their eyes were open and they saw that they were naked the effect of sin on their life was that it caused them to see themselves differently than they had seen themselves before. Amen? Uh, and, and their eyes were opened to something that they did not have awareness of before. And then they began to interact with that new image of themselves that they had. They began to sow leaves, uh, fig leaves, and they covered, they covered themselves. So this is precisely what happened, the consequence of sin. Uh, And this is the inheritance that we have all taken from our first father and mother, Adam and Eve. We are not sinners by way of uh, act of sin. We are sinners by way of inheritance. We are born sinners. That's what we got from our parents. Now when Jesus came into the earth, 1 Corinthians 15, it describes Jesus as the second Adam. Meaning that the first Adam introduced sin. The second Adam came as a response to that sin to pay that sin penalty. So all of us who have come by Adam, we are born sinners. When we come by way of the second Adam, Jesus Christ, we receive the, the, the blessing of the born again experience. We are delivered from sin. We are now the righteousness of God. That's what Christ Jesus came to do. And everybody who is in Christ Jesus said, Amen. Amen. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So, so uh, by Adam, they sinned and they saw themselves differently. The question now is, Christ Jesus has already come. He came, he paid the penalty for sin, he arose on the third day, he ascended into heaven, and he has left us with what Hebrews describes as a finished work. Come on somebody. The question now is, uh, how do you see yourself in light of that finished work? All right? Adam and Eve saw themselves differently. Okay? Now that we are in Christ, the question I present to everybody today how do you, how do we see ourselves? There's another word for that, it's called conscience. All right? And what God, I would like to present to you the blessing of this new covenant is that in Christ Jesus, Alright, just like immediately they sinned and they saw themselves differently, now immediately when we're in Christ Jesus, hallelujah, we should see ourselves differently. Okay, Um, in the Old Testament, uh, God gave the tabernacle of Moses, the tabernacle of Moses, Hebrews describes it as a shadow of the realities And the pattern that we have in heaven. So the tabernacle of Moses is very very significant. I I teach a lot about it. I actually, when I pray, I use a system of prayer called tabernacle prayer. In our prayer unusual, I've taught a little bit some of the elements of that. But the, the tabernacle is so important because it says that the pattern of that tabernacle is a shadow of the realities that we have in heaven. If I study a shadow, like this is not a best because the light comes from different angles, but if, where am I? Okay, Mm -hmm. here we go. If that is my shadow, okay, I study that and without looking at me, I can get an idea of what I look like. It's not the real thing, but it's everything that the real thing does. Every movement that the real thing makes, it's found there. The tabernacle is a visible, tangible shadow of a reality that we have in heaven. So that thing is not a small thing. It's not designed by accident. God was just like, you know, giving, giving that thing to chance. It was very specific because it was a shadow representing a very real reality. Hallelujah. All right. Now I'd like us to just look at this very quick. I have a, a picture of, of the tabernacle. If you have not seen it or if you're not aware of it. Of what that looked like. This is a picture, I found this of the of, of a, a very simple diagram of what the tabernacle of Moses looked like in the wilderness. This was not designed by Moses, it was designed by God. God said, build according. In fact, He was very specific about every single measurement, every single design, every angle. It was all designed by God. Alright? Now, if we're so the idea is that that tent material. There in the, in the, in the middle toward, towards the back. That was the inner courts and within the inner courts was the most holy place. That is the place where God actually dwelled. He wanted to be with his people because people were sinful. He had to create a design for people to approach his presence. This was the design. This was how people would, would come to visit God now the way people would come if the priest wants to come and do his his ministry he'll come through the gate and the first piece of furniture right there the first one so this right here that's called the brazen altar when a person comes or when the priest comes to uh, to to worship god or to be with god he has to encounter this brazen altar it said this brazen altar that an animal is sacrificed a lamb uh, 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 an ox or some kind of animal something blood has to be shed blood is shed they burn the sacrifice on the brazen altar Okay, because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So that that sacrifice—it's mind you—a shadow, shadow. It's an ox or a, a lamb that is blood is shed, and that 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 blood is carried in, and the blood actually goes before the priest everywhere he goes. He sprinkles that blood before him everywhere he goes. In other words, all the way into the tabernacle. In other words, you don't go in on your own. The blood goes before you. All right. Now this is a shadow. Speaking of a reality, I am not acceptable in the presence of God, in reality. But Christ Jesus has gone before me, and he has presented his blood on my behalf. So my acceptance before the Father is based on his shed blood, not on my blood. Praise the Lord for the blood of Jesus. This is shadow, but it speaks of a reality. Now, once that sacrifice is made, the sacrifice is finished, the blood has been shed, hallelujah, but the, the second piece, the second piece is right between the, tabern, the, 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 the inner courts and the, ta- the brazen altar. Is that thing called the bronze laver? Now, the bronze laver, uh, we have a picture of this also, a bit more of a close-up. This bronze laver, it was made out of. Uh, it was it was a place where the priest would have to come and wash his hands and wash his feet. And it was also made out of a, a, a mirror-like materials. To build the bronze laver, women gave bronze mirrors all right, to fashion and make the laver. So when the bronze mirror, uh, uh, mirrors were used, you can imagine it would give off a reflection. Meaning that the job of the priest when he comes here is to wash his hands, wash his feet, and also to look at his reflection as clean hands need to be washed because it represents everything that i have done my feet needs to be washed because it represents every place that i have been but after i've washed it's also very important to see myself as clean this is god's revenge for what happened to adam and eve bible says they, they they saw themselves differently hallelujah after they sinned Now the priest also sees himself differently again because of the sacrifice. This is shadow. Hallelujah. This is shadow. It speaks of a reality, which means that after Christ Jesus, hallelujah, has been sacrificed on our behalf. The question now is how do I see myself in light of what Christ has done? In fact, I have found that the answer to that question is the most important question in the kingdom. How we answer that question, it determines how we interact with God. In fact, we cannot go into the presence of God until we see ourselves correctly. Before the brazen altar and the the inner courts was the bronze laver. We cannot go into his presence until we see ourselves correctly. If we still see ourselves in the same, uh, in the, in the same uh, angle that Adam and Eve uh, saw themselves, okay, we are pushed away from the presence of God. We are sowing leaves. And when we hear the sound of God, we don't go to God. We actually go away from, from God. Because our, our, our conscience has been defiled. Most of us think we have a relationship with God we actually really have a relationship with rules because we think that rules is the road to God no God took care of the rules the question is now not did you obey the rules the question is now do you see yourself as clean because Christ has provided us with a finished work hallelujah praise the Lord this is the most freeing truth that you could ever realize and one thing that I found out is that the enemy is so scared of this truth all right because he knows if we're at war with ourselves, we won't get into the presence of God. That's what he's after. He sets up his, 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 his international headquarters in this place called conscience. Alright? The biggest fight of all is the fight for conscience. It's the biggest fight. Um, Adam sinned. Immediately his eyes were opened right they made leaves and covered themselves with those leaves they heard the sound of god in the garden and they went hiding because the leaves were not good enough god says adam where are you and adam said i heard you in the garden and i was afraid because i was naked so i hid and god said to him who told you you were naked who told you you were meaning that you do not feel naked you do not feel empty. You do not feel guilt. That feeling could not be in your, in your possession unless someone told you. Who told you? And then he carries that thought on and says, Did you eat from the tree I told you not to eat of? Okay? So God knows the pattern. He understands that you cannot feel naked unless someone says you are naked. But he says that voice could not be released until you have done something to give access to that voice. All right? Now, the word Satan, I've said this before Satan means accuser. In the Hebrew, his name means accuser. And the way accusation works is that you can never have an accusation if there is no evidence. Accusation, in order for accusation to be accusation, evidence needs to be evidence. The devil waited for the opportunity to entice them to sin. When they sinned, boom, he accused them. You are naked. You messed up. You're good for nothing. And they saw something in themselves that they never saw before. Hallelujah. Today the devil is exposed. Today the devil is exposed once and for all. Uh, that feeling of nakedness that feeling of unworthiness that feeling of what you have done where you did it what your hands have done where your feet have gone hallelujah that's the evidence that the enemy has using against you to accuse you god has provided us with a finished work praise the lord so that now our job is not to add to the finished work but to see ourselves hallelujah See, the Bible says in Romans 3, 21, that now in Christ Jesus, God has revealed to us a righteousness apart from the law. He has revealed it to us. Meaning that the only way we can participate in his righteousness is not by doing good and getting good grades, (laughs) good spiritual grades. We participate in this righteousness by seeing what he's revealing. If I am revealing... My coat to misu. Hmm? Look at that. Whatever it is. okay. You cannot see it unless I reveal it. But at the same time, I can be revealing it and you cannot be seeing it. The, 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 the picture is complete when I reveal and when, when you go to the mirror, eh, you don't know what you look like until you look at what the mirror is revealing to you. And then you participate in your image. For better or for worse. Alright? Whatever, what, however you... But there, the mirror does not lie. <laughs> it is revealing and it says, Until you look, you don't know. That's why, I mean, men don't do this, but women always have an extra mirror somewhere around. For emergencies. <laughs> Lord help us. Have you noticed that men don't usually do that? The, the idea is that you don't know Until you look at what it's revealed. And it's the same thing with your righteousness. Your righteousness is not something that you do. Your righteousness is something that you see. And you see it because he has done the finished work and is revealing it to you. And I would like to suggest to you that that right there is where the warfare is. Lord help us. That right there, how we see. Adam and Eve, their eyes were open and they saw themselves differently. Christ came, provided us a finished work, and now he's revealing to us a righteousness apart from the law. The question is today, do you see it or not? If you fail to see it, we are all in trouble. Everybody's in trouble if we fail to see it. However, if we see it, hallelujah, we participate in the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. If any man be in Christ Jesus, new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay? That's what he's revealing. The question is, have you stopped by the mirror recently? The laver was a place where the priest would wash. And he would wash his hands and feet. But then he would also see. If we don't see properly, we can't go into his presence. And instead of going into his presence, we go into a ministry of leaves. Leaves meaning we attempt to cover ourselves. All right, Covering ourselves from our own relationship with God has been replaced with a relationship with leaves that don't work anyway. Because as soon as they heard God, instead of running to God, the leaves that were supposed to be covering them caused them to run and hide behind the trees. Oh Lord, help us today. The devil is a liar. The devil has been exposed. You see many of us when we think. Actually let's, let's look at this. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Hallelujah. It's a blessing to be free. It's a blessing be, to be without accusation. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And verse 1. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Things taught by? Hmm. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth for everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected, rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer now it's interesting it says uh, uh, the spirit clearly, clearly says that in later times son will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons it says it's things taught by demons things taught by Now, normally when we think of things taught by demons, what comes to your mind? Come on, we live in Africa. Eh? You know, juju, witchcraft, spells, come on, Eh? (laughs) muart. You know what I'm saying. Things taught by demons. The boogeyman at night, come on somebody. Eh? The horns and the red eyes, things taught by demons. Evil, wicked, you know, just bilkinah. But that's not the things taught by demons. It says the things taught by demons, it comes from people whose conscience has been seared. Meaning when they look at the mirror, they're looking at the wrong thing to the point that it has been seared. They can't see anything else. And as a result, they create rules. I mean leaves. I mean rules. They forbid certain people to marry. okay, And they forbid certain people from eating certain kind of foods. That sounds a lot like church to me. That tells me that the demon has been the preacher in the church for too long. Uh, teaching us what to do and what not to do. Where to go when God has clearly made it all things beautiful. And everything is permissible because it is consecrated by the word of God and p- prayer. So, so God did not give us another to-do list to obey after God has given us a finished work in Jesus. That extra teaching, extra rules, extra 13, 14, 15, 20 commandments on top of what God has given us and fulfilled. Is the teaching of demons. Why does the demons want us to have that kind of teaching? So that we will not see ourselves the way God wants us to see us. Instead of seeing ourselves as righteous, to see ourselves as the last place we went and the last thing we did. The devil is exposed today. Hallelujah. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. In and, and, and this has messed up, I think, so much of our relationship with God and with one another. If we cannot get this right, instead of going into his presence, we go into the presence of leaves. Rules. Make sure you do this and don't do this. Make sure you obey this and don't marry, don't eat. The Bible says in Colossians that these rules of don't do this and don't do that, it, has, it doesn't have any value In restraining sensual indulgence, meaning that the rules don't work anyway. We know this from Genesis. The leaves didn't work. The rules don't work. But the enemy will cause us to feel unworthy to the point that we develop a a side religious system. If we add rules to the finished work, it makes the finished work of no effect. It nullifies the power of what Christ has done. What Christ has provided us with is a finished work. Everybody say a finished work. Hallelujah. He did not add. In fact, what he did was instead of giving us new rules, he gave us new remembrance. When he took the bread and he took the wine at the last supper, he said, this is my body and this is my blood. He says, now, when you take this, make sure you remember to obey, not to go there and not to do this because I am watching you. No. He said, this is my body, this is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me hallelujah meaning that we're not uh, we're not tied in with a a new list of commandments we are tied into a list of remembrance and what are we remembering we are remembering what he is revealing (laughs) that you have come into a finished work that you don't add anything to what god has done if you add to it you are you are weakening the power of what he did he didn't need a finished uh, an additional work because it was complete the lamb was spotless the lamb was perfect the blood was described as precious hallelujah it was precious so that we who come by way of that could be precious also hallelujah that we can be righteous also that in christ jesus now we are the righteousness of god Hallelujah. hallelujah amen and it changes how we see ourselves now. So we see ourselves not in, uh, through the lens of our last mistake. And there are many. No wonder there so many leaves. We see ourselves. See, we're either remembering what we have done or we are remembering what he has done. Amen. One of the two. We can't remember both at the same time. It's either going to be one or the other. So let's just decide right now. Let's settle this right now. Yes, my hands and my feet went somewhere, but we've come to the labor now. We're looking at what he's revealing to us, not what the devil is revealing to us. Hallelujah. We are free in him. Hallelujah. I'll take that to the bank. So that's where the devil sets up shop. Now, uh, just to kind of hammer this home, let's look at this one verse. Then we're going to shout and run around and do something crazy. I don't know. I feel free right now. John chapter 8. This is the story of the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. That means she did something. She went somewhere with her feet (laughs) and did something with her hands that she should not do. All right. Now they caught her in the act, which means they also went somewhere with their feet. (laughs) But that's another message for another day. All right. But they caught her in the act of adultery. They brought the woman to Jesus. All right. And they started bringing questions, uh, questions to Jesus. We're going to start reading in verse number, verse number four. And they said to Jesus. Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, in the law Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, "If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her." Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. God now the woman was caught in the act the woman was caught red-handed she had done something wrong and according to the law of Moses she needed to die they brought him, her to Jesus and Jesus said uh, he be bent down and wrote on the ground I heard many versions of what that could mean Jesus writing to the on the ground with his finger uh, that's not the point of today's message but maybe someday There's a lot of theories as to what he was actually writing. It doesn't say what he was writing, but there's a lot of theories. But the point being is that they were trying to accuse her. And they were waiting to see what Jesus said. Jesus stood up and said, Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And all of them, starting with the older ones all the way down to the youngest, dropped their stones right there. And they left until it was only Jesus and the woman. And Jesus asked, Where are your accusers? Where are those who condemned you? Are there any left to condemn you? And she said, no, there's none. Then he says, neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. The other translation says, go and sin no more. Hallelujah. First he established no condemnation. Then he says, sin no more. What we do is we try to sin no more so that we have no condemnation that's the devil's trick that's the leaves and that does not work i've tried it i know from experience (laughs) all right jesus first he says let's start with the condemnation neither do i condemn you Now go and leave your life of sin. Go and sin. The power to sin no more, hallelujah, is not found in obeying the rules, but it's found in understanding and seeing what He is showing you, hallelujah. There is a power. Hallelujah. In being free in your conscience. There is a power to live right because the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart or a woman, so is he. Hallelujah. Your life will never be greater than your thinking. If you think righteous, your actions and behavior will follow. If you are in sin like the woman was, you heal that sin, not by telling you. See, Jesus did not say, are there any left to condemn you? She said, no, sir. Okay, then it's just you and me. Now, I told you to delete that number. I told you not to go down to his house. You know your weaknesses. Why are you walking around that? You know what's waiting for you. Delete those numbers out of your cell phone and be a good little girl. That's religion talking. Jesus said, I know what you've done, but there's no condemnation now. But now that there is no condemnation, meaning your behavior is telling on where your conscience is or what it is that you are looking at. Hallelujah! You will behave according to the level of your thinking. So we graduate in our thinking. Hallelujah! We don't. We, we we will never graduate into a righteous behavior by doing righteous behavior. We will graduate to a righteous behavior by thinking righteously. And righteously is not something we do; it's something we see. He's receiving. He's revealing that now. And the devil has been working overtime to make sure that we don't see that. And the devil is a liar. And if we hear him long enough, we'll start to feel what he's telling us. Naked, unworthy, ashamed. I've been in ministry a long time. I've seen how this thing works. Once a person has messed up, see, we all look good today. And we are looking good. But when we come to conscience, we're not only looking good, we are good. Not by doing good, but by seeing what he's revealing. May the Lord open our eyes today hallelujah may the devil be truly exposed today and may the devil truly be be defeated today hallelujah we are not naked we are fully clothed in christ oh but pastor you don't know what i did and where i was no jesus knows what you did and where you were but his message to you is you are no longer condemned look at this righteousness now look at what i'm revealing to you hallelujah you see the righteousness of god it's already finished The righteousness of God is already finished. The only thing that's missing is whether or not we're seeing what he's showing us. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So today, I see what he's showing me. Hmm? I see myself as the righteousness of God. I see myself as clean for what my hands have done and from where my feet have gone and because of that my next step is the presence of God it's not the leaves it's his very presence hallelujah God has given us everything to enjoy hallelujah he has made everything good when we have a defiled conscience we don't see everything as good we see everything as bad bad that's the devil see, you know how it is we grew up in Pente Church you know And then we start talking about how balagi that is. We've really missed the point as the church. The devil has done a number on all of us. Church, the righteousness is finished. Today, the challenge is in our conscience. And if there was ever a place where we need to show some perseverance, hallelujah! it is in the perseverance, in the fact, in the truth, that we are already the righteousness of God. You see, when I got a hold of this many years ago, whenever I pray, I make sure I check by the mirror. Because you know how it is, life has so many ups and downs, twists and turns. Come on somebody, family issues, work issues, church issues. Come on somebody. And every time you come to pray, there's a different issue that's pressing for some attention. And without knowing it, you find yourself getting sucked away into things and start being so consumed with things and wondering, did I do the right thing or did I not do the right thing? I would like to suggest to you that the devil is a liar. Whenever you pray, make sure you check the mirror. hallelujah and thank god for what he's saying you may not feel it see when you're if you're feeling good or bad the mirror will tell you the same thing amen i could be having a bad day the mirror is still there hallelujah i could be having a good day the mirror is still there this thing does not change the mirror does not lie hallelujah if i go to the mirror and i see imma's image there okay that would be quite shocking the mirror is lying to me i'm not imma all right this is not a horror movie when they do those kind of things it shows me the exact replication of the truth of what, what, what is there. When we come to Christ, hallelujah, he does not lie to us. He shows us the exact truth of our cleanliness, of our righteousness, of that truth. Let that truth be the thing that we persevere into today like no other truth, hallelujah. Because there is freedom in that truth. There is help in that truth. There is power over sin in that truth and there's god's presence nothing preventing us from entering god's presence in that truth in jesus name hallelujah hallelujah i've just exposed the devil today and i hit him where it hurts Uh, i hit him where we went after the headquarters hallelujah we went after the head of the snake today hallelujah he's been lying to us long enough hallelujah everybody put your hand on your heart Actually just stand and put your hand on your heart. Now while you put your hand on your heart, close your eyes. And, and look into what he is showing you right now. Don't see what your hands have done. See your hands being washed now. Don't look at where your feet have gone. Look at your feet being washed right now. Hallelujah. Look into what He is revealing to you. It's the image of His Son. It's the image of the righteousness. We are either remembering what we have done or we are remembering what He has done. The only instruction He gave us in this new covenant is to remember. Hallelujah. Do this in remembrance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at what God has done. Look at the righteousness that's in us right now. Look at the place that you are in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. Oh, Pastor Z, I don't feel like it. He did not leave us with a feeling. He left us with a truth hallelujah thank God he didn't leave us with a feeling (laughs) feelings change the mirror doesn't lie you are the righteousness of God the devil has been working over time to keep you from seeing that truth today let God arise in your heart hallelujah let perseverance arise in your heart hallelujah today we come again with the aizosh hallelujah the woman had messed up she had done what she should not have done hallelujah but God came to her and said I don't condemn you. Now you're free to go and sin. No more. Hallelujah. Father in Jesus' name right now. More than what I've said by your spirit, speak to someone's heart right now. Father God, we have taken the finished work and made it into a religious activity of obeying rules and then judging one another based on the rules. The teachers of the law caught the woman in the act, and wanted to condemn her and judge her, but all of them had sinned themselves. This thing is contagious. If we don't see ourselves properly, everybody's in trouble. I pray in the name of Jesus. More than what I'm saying by your spirit, you would communicate to somebody's heart. Let the devil be fully, fully defeated today. Let God arise today. Hallelujah. The mirror doesn't lie. Hallelujah. And your righteousness does not lie. Hallelujah. We thank you for the victory that is ours today. Thank you for the freedom that is ours today. We all have a track record. We all have things we wish we maybe shouldn't have done. Maybe we should have. Everybody. But today we just choose to look in the mirror. choose to wash in what you have provided for us. Thank you for this truth, Father God. Thank you for the victory, Father God. Thank you, Father God.